NPR. This is the Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Adrian Ma. And I'm Waylon Wong. And it is time for Indicators of the Week. Today, we are examining the numbers behind two of the most anticipated global entertainment events happening this week. Uh, the Golden Globes and the return of The Real Housewives. Well, now I have an excellent idea of your media diet, but no, I am talking <laughs> about <laughs> the World Cup and the release of Avatar The Way of Water. <laughs> Today on the show, what winning the World Cup means for a country's economy and the high stakes for Avatar 2's box office performance. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, one of the largest recipients of NIH funding. Dana-Farber scientists played a substantial role in developing more than half the cancer drugs approved by the FDA in the last five years, data through 2022. They've made one advanced cancer discovery after another for over 75 years. Dana-Farber Cancer Institute is changing lives everywhere. More at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. Messi dances around, turns the corner, gets inside of him, cuts it back. Julian Alvarez, 3-0 Argentina. Mbappe, Amarba, got to be careful. Mbappe weaving through deflected shot and through the far side. And France have their second. You can't avoid it. The World Cup is everywhere right now and is almost coming to an end. There have been winners and losers, redemption and heartbreak. Waylon, have you been watching any of this drama? So admittedly, I am not like a big sports watcher. I did catch some of a game at a Chinese restaurant. It was playing by on accident. the TV, <laughs> like behind our <laughs> table, <laughs> right in my line of vision. But I do take pleasure in seeing how much joy everyone else gets out of the World Cup. I understand what a big deal it is. Oh, yeah. Like, it's all my friends are talking about right now. So far, 32 teams have been whittled down to two, France and Argentina. And what these teams are playing for is not just national pride or the thrill of victory or even a piece of the $440 million prize pool. Whether they realize it or not, they're also playing for their national economies. Oh, high stakes. Yeah. So here's why I bring it up. One way to measure an economy is to look at its gross domestic product, right? It's GDP. Basically, the value of all the goods and services produced in a given time. And recently, this economist from the University of Surrey in the UK looked at how GDP changed for countries that won the World Cup. So he took data going back to 1961 and basically analyzed the impact of winning the final versus not winning. And he found that the country's team who wins the finals sees its GDP grow an average of a quarter percent in the months after the victory. So that's my indicator of the week, a quarter percent. A quarter percent? Hmm, it's not nothing. I mean, it's a temporary bump, right, for maybe like six months. But a quarter percent, just to give you a sense of like how much that could be, like a quarter of a percentage point of the U.S.'s annual GDP would be about $57 billion. So it's like not chump change. Also, we're never going to win the World Cup. It's interesting to think about. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So maybe that was a bad example. But it is interesting to see that this, for other World Cup winners, this is a real phenomenon. So any guesses as to what's going on there? Is it a bump from both people in the country celebrating, like going out to restaurants? And- Just like 
going out and celebrating and yeah, like celebrating, like buying, buying rounds for everybody, and yeah, like going on partying. Or then my other guess would be, does it give that country a bump in tourism? So you get lots of people coming to the country in the aftermath of winning the World Cup. So those are both interesting theories, and actually, they didn't it didn't come up in this paper. But what this author says is that when you look at the different components that add up to GDP, right? We've talked about this before on the show. They are consumer spending, government spending, investments, and net exports. And of those four basic pieces, the thing that seems to increase the most right after a country wins the World Cup is the exports piece. Huh. So more people abroad are buying the stuff made by the World Cup winning country? People are like jumping on the bandwagon and they're like... Yeah, I want a Croatia soccer jersey too. I mean, maybe that the so the author doesn't specifically say that, but that is my guess is like maybe part of it is like the the bandwagon effect and people are like ordering, you know, jerseys for the winning team. You know, everybody wants suddenly wants to show how how into Croatia they are. That is very interesting. I mean, did the paper say anything about the countries that host the World Cup and what happens to those economies if you play host to the tournament? So it did and it actually found no significant effect in the medium or short term for host countries, which echoes similar research they've done on the Olympics, right? Another humongous sporting event that generally loses money almost all the time. And what this suggests, I guess, about Qatar is it spent $300 billion getting ready to host the World Cup. Maybe it shouldn't expect a very good return on investment on that. Thank you, Adrian, for that indicator. And, you know, for people who are not planning to watch the World Cup finals this weekend, there is another huge piece of cultural entertainment you could spend your money on. And I am talking about Avatar, The Way of Water. This is the highly anticipated sequel to James Cameron's Avatar. And the sequel reportedly cost about $350 million to make. I mean, that sounds like you're going to have to sell a lot of tickets to make that up. Yes, especially in China, which goes back and forth with the U.S. as the country with the largest movie market. So it's a very important market for Hollywood. And that brings me to my indicator. It is 3,000. This is the number of preview showings that were planned in China for The Way of Water, according to industry trade publication Deadline. Wait, when did the original come out again? The original came out 13 years ago, if you just want to feel extremely old. I've been wrestling with this fact all week, that Avatar. <laughs> yeah, it it's does not 13 years. seem like it was that long ago, but uh, all right, if you say so. I know, it's been 13 years, and it's like I bought my ticket to see Avatar, and I freaked out about how late it was going to get out, because I'm like, this is past my bedtime. I'm old now. I can't be out past 10 p.m. <laughs> but yes, I have my tickets, because the movie opens this week in the U.S. and other countries, including China, where, by the way, the original Avatar, 13 years ago, was a huge blockbuster. The Chinese box office contributed to the original movie becoming the highest-grossing film of all time worldwide. It's still has the record. Wait a second. So Avatar was the highest grossing movie of all time, like even more than, I don't know, like Titanic? Yes, even more than Titanic, also by James Cameron, higher than any of these huge Marvel movies that have come out. 
Avatar the original has made almost $3 billion worldwide, not adjusting for inflation. So that is the state of play for this juggernaut heading into opening weekend for The Way of Water. And like I mentioned, there were 3,000 early preview showings planned in China. These are, you know, like sneak peeks ahead of the official opening day. But according to Deadline, only about 1,700 of these showings actually happened. Oh, that's weird. What is going on there? Yeah, so Deadline had kind of a few ideas they floated. One is that, you know, in China, the government only recently started lifting its very stringent COVID restrictions. So a good chunk of movie theaters are still closed. And now there is a new spike in COVID cases in China. So understandably, a lot of people who might have gone to the movies probably didn't want to spend, you know, three hours and 12 minutes sitting in an enclosed space. What's interesting about this is that three years into the pandemic, almost, Hollywood, you know, initially when everything was locked down, people were not going to the movie theaters, and that was probably hurting viewership. And they're sort of still dealing with that three years later. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge tentpole movie, and I'm sure that there were hopes that this would signal the kind of return, like the full return to normality, like open the floodgates, everyone's back at the movies worldwide. But that really might not be the case, especially with China still being, you know, a little bit dicey right now. So, you know, earlier this week, Deadline projected that Avatar would gross almost a half billion dollars worldwide on opening weekend. And they said maybe 100 million of that would come from China. But then after seeing the numbers from the preview screenings, Deadline said, well, we're not sure the Chinese box office is going to be quite that high. So we'll have to wait until after this weekend to see how the numbers shake out. Hopefully they make it available on streaming. Get your 3D glasses ready to watch at home. (laughs) This episode of The Indicator was produced by Corey Bridges and engineered by Catherine Silva. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Viet Le is our senior producer. Kate and Cannon edits the show. And the indicators of production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast, On Investing. Each week, hosts Lizanne Saunders, Schwab's chief investment strategist, and Kathy Jones, Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, along with their guests, analyze economic developments and bring context to conversations around stocks, fixed income, the economy, and more. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This is my voice. I can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on Black experiences. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.